before the season even started, I knew Duvall was going to be back on our team somehow, some way. I just knew it. Mike Trout might be one of the safest bets in history, to be honest. As soon as that happened, it's like Gervonta Davis turned a switch and he went into kill mode. And Terrence Crawford, um, there's an argument that he might be the most feared man in boxing right now. Not really seeing many names stepping up, calling him out. If the MLB doesn't do something about it soon, uh, we could potentially be looking at another, maybe like a mini steroid era scandal on the MLB. Welcome to the All Takes No Whips podcast. Here are your hosts, Christian and A. Hindi. Welcome back to another episode of All Takes No Whiffs. For this week, we're going to be talking some baseball as we approach the midseason point. And we're also going to be going over a couple of fights we have coming up this weekend. Nothing major, but, you know, we're definitely going to give our quick thoughts on it. Yeah, we're back with another great episode, and I can't wait to get into it. As we're approaching the break, it's really seeming like there's not going to be many runaway teams. I know there's teams with pretty good records right now leading their divisions, but there's also other teams, you know, not making it easy. And that's in most cases, but when it comes to the NL East, this race is just different to me. You got the Braves who have fought back all the way to only two and a half games behind the Mets, which, Alex, what was it at one point? I'm pretty sure it was 11 and a half games at one point. See, yeah, like, that's like the Sox coming back right now, which would make me really sad. So <laughs> I feel for Mets fans right now. But the Braves are no joke. Uh, obviously, they won the World Series last year. They have Acuna back, and they're looking to have another successful run. And while that's happening, the Mets just got Max Scherzer back, who had a really good start with 11 Ks in his first game back. And then you got DeGrom, who's in his rehab stint right now, and things are looking well for him. I saw that he was sitting 99 to 100, touching 101. That's That could be alarming for different reasons. Uh, I might save that for later, but DeGrom's looking good, so this race is really about to be something crazy. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this race the rest of the season with Serger just coming back and DeGrom coming back hopefully soon. This is going to be a, a really good race to watch. And I honestly think that the Phillies, uh, they may be seven games back right now, but they're they're kind of sneaky good. They got a decent pitching staff. I mean, their lineup is really good. Defense isn't that good, but losing Bryce Harper kind of sucks, but they're hoping that he's going to get back quicker than later. So if they can get him back soon, I, I think they can definitely push uh, this to a three-team race. But Really, it's just going to come down to the Mets and Braves. Uh, getting those two starting pitchers back on the Mets, it's going to be huge for them. And Braves are going to do the same thing. They're they're going to be getting players back the whole time. We just got Eddie Rosario back. Mike Stroke is going to come back at some point. And there's one pitcher that really has flown under the entire radar this year. It's Kirby Yates. Uh, he's a relief pitcher, and he hasn't even pitched at all this year for us. And he's hopefully going to come back within the next month. So. That's another big bullpen arm, and Kenley Jansen, he had an irregular heartbeat and got placed on the IL. He's coming back soon, too. So this bullpen for the Braves is about to be just absolutely unreal, especially if Soroka comes back and they move Spencer Strider or Ian Anderson to the bullpen. It, it's going to be a scary bullpen. Yeah, if I'm going to be honest with you, Alex, just keeping it straight up, I know the Mets has ha have had success this year, and they've done it in – great fashion plenty of times but straight up I think the Braves are a better 
team. Uh, it just comes down to the leaders when it comes to talent. Yeah, obviously having Jacob DeGrom as your best player, that's something I'd never complain about. But, you know, you got Ronald Acuna, and then you've got other position players stepping up for the Braves, and I think that value right there for your standouts, that means a lot. And then, like I mentioned, the depth, I think it's kind of no contest, to be honest. I'm predicting the Mets to really hit a wall at some point this season, and I think there's have been signs already, but... but when that time comes that they do hit that wall, I think it's beca- it's going to be because of their lack of depth. Yeah, and I'm if you really go position by position, uh, the Braves probably have a better player at every single position ex- except for maybe first base. Uh, I would still put Matt Olson over Pete Alonso, but I mean, if you go position by position, it's really no contest, like Christian said, except for maybe the pitchers. Pitching, uh, once they get DeGrom and Serger back, that that'll be a little different story. But uh, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how this one is, this division is going to come down the rest of the way. And really looking at the rest of the NL uh, or National League, each division is pretty close right now. The Central and West are both within five games right now. And really all these National League divisions are really coming down to two teams. I mean, the Central looks like it's coming down to Milwaukee and St. Louis. And that's going to be, I think, an epic epic division uh race right there because both of these teams are so similar and the same style so i'm just really looking forward to see how this one's going to come down to like you said with the central the brewers and the cardinals uh some really good teams in a division that i think that doesn't get enough uh i don't want to say coverage but recognition which is understandable because it's a real top heavy division but milwaukee and st louis they're no slouches at all uh you got guys in like Arenado and Goldschmidt leading the way in St. Louis. Uh, Goldschmidt, in my opinion, being a top NL MVP candidate. And then you got Arenado, who had a hell of a start to the season, but even if he's cooled off a little, he's still Nolan Arenado. And then with Milwaukee, you just got some insane pitching over there with Corbin Burns leading the way. And then you got Josh Hader in the bullpen being the best reliever in the league. And you got a pretty underrated offense in Milwaukee too, so definitely that race right there. It's going to be one of the best ones that I think won't get the recognition that it deserves. Yeah, and this is going to be one of those divisions that will only bring out one uh, team for the playoffs. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a, a wild card from this division, and that's why this race is going to be so crucial because whoever wins this division will get in. Oh yeah, that makes it that makes it way different compared to the race in the NL West. That either team, LA or San Diego, whoever wins the division, the other ones in my opinion, is going to have a comfortable spot for the wild card. Regardless of that wild card spot for the NLS team, uh, this race right here is going to be crazy because with San Diego, you've got them putting together decent baseball, maybe not recently, but overall for the season. And they don't even have Fernando Tatis Jr. back. I think that's going to be a huge plus when he gets back. And as much of a plus as he's going to be for the Padres, it's just it's the Dodgers. The Dodgers are stacked to the brim. and I think this race is going to come down to San Diego making it close up until maybe a certain point, but then, you know, the Dodgers are going to distinguish themselves from them and the rest of the division, which they already have when it comes to the Giants, Diamondbacks, and Rockies. Yeah, as much as I don't want to admit it, the Dodgers are probably the best team in the entire National League, and they just keep getting better and better somehow. It it just doesn't make sense, but 
like Christian said, I mean, Fernando, Fernando Tatis Jr. is coming back. He could make a huge difference. This pitching staff's been pretty good all year long, and this is going to be a really good division. Uh, you never know. San Francisco could come out of nowhere like last year and really uh, surge up, but they look like they're regressing this year, and makes uh, a little sense. But, yeah, this is definitely one of the divisions I'm looking forward to. But, yeah, I'm just really looking forward to seeing how this division ends. And there's going to be two teams coming out of this out of this division, too, just like in the National League, or National League East. So it's going to be very interesting to see how these come down, see if the Giants can maybe muster their way back up. Yeah, so when it comes to the NL West, now we've got an interesting race potentially playing out. As far as the AL West, though, Houston, they're doing their usual thing. Before I talk about Houston real quick, though, I just want to mention how sad it is that the Angels are in the four spot now. With the expectations I had for them this season, uh, this is just straight up embarrassing for them right now. And I I just can't, I would say disappoint, disappointing is an understatement because I was expecting them to at least make it a race with Houston at this point of the season. It's it's over. It's over for them already. I would say it's over for a wild card spot. If I I feel like I'd be getting a little too ahead of myself since we haven't reached the break, but nah, whatever. I'm gonna say it. It's over for the Angels. No, you're right. I mean, they're 17 games back from Houston right now. They're 37 and 45. I mean, they have gone downhill very fast. I'm pretty sure they were like 28 and 15 at one point or something or something like that. And they've only gotten nine wins and like 30 losses since. I mean, they've been probably one of the worst teams in baseball. And it's it's kind of funny because they have two of the literally literal best players in all of baseball on the same field, which I don't understand how they can't win more games, but like you said, Houston is just running away with this division. Uh, no one's going to catch them. Texas has been disappointing too. Seattle's been mediocre, and that's where we expected them. And then Oakland's in full rebuild mode. Uh, Houston's got this division locked up. Yeah, no doubt. And with Houston, not just the division, even though the Yankees have the best record in the AL and baseball in general, I would say Houston has an argument for the best team in the AL because even with a lot of the young guys that they have, their core, in my opinion, is more proven, and they just continue to do what they got to do. Even though I'm making the case that Houston is potentially the best team in the AL, I'm still going to ride with my Yankees. You know, we're pushing through. Uh, I feel like we've slowed down a little bit as of late, but, you know, we still have a really commanding lead. Of the three teams that are in a race behind us in the AL East, I would say I'm most concerned for Boston. I just feel like Boston has the capability of putting things together and having really solid stretches of baseball. They're just that kind of team. With I would say Toronto as well, but like I'm not that intimidated by them. I feel like the Yankees can handle them pretty comfortably. Same thing for Tampa Bay too. I know they had our number in the 2020 playoffs, but I think we're a straight up better team and the numbers show for sure. But as much as I'm gassing up the Yankees right now, I still have my doubts. Yeah, that makes sense a little bit. Um, if I were you, I would definitely feel a lot better about my situations. Uh, you're up, your team's up 13 games. My team is down two and a half right now. But, I mean, to be honest, if I were you, I would not really be worried at all. The Red Sox, uh, if they make any type of push, they're going to make a push late, and it's it's going to be too late in the season to do it. I think y'all are going to be firm and steady all year long your pitching staff has been great and like you said 
the Boston Red Sox is really the only team to worry about. Tampa Bay, they're mediocre again, and Toronto, they've been kind of disappointing this year. They got they're just young. They'll they're gonna get it together in a couple of years, so I'm not too worried about them. But honestly, I just want to give a shout out to Baltimore real quick. They have 38 wins. That's one more <laughs> than the Los Angeles Angels. So just quick shout out to them. I didn't think I didn't think they would be have this many wins this far into the year. Yeah, honestly, I'm just as scared of Toronto as I am of Baltimore. Shots fired, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, you, I hear your point about the Yankees, and the more I'm thinking about it, to be honest, it's yeah, it's not a worry about the division. I'm just honestly, Houston's living in my head rent free right now. They have our number, bro. Yeah, I mean, sixteen straight no hit innings. <laughs> That's pretty worrisome, to be honest. Yeah, it's worrisome, and honestly, I think we'll put up a fight against Houston regardless. Just make sure we don't put Chapman in. When it really comes down to it, the AL East and the AL West, uh, we have a pretty decent picture of what's to come. As far as the Central, though, this in, this division has been pretty interesting. You got Minnesota, who's got 47 wins leading the division, but that's not necessarily a great record, 47 and 37. And then you got two teams in Cleveland and Chicago who are in the race as well. But my thing is, it's like this really looks like a race between three mid-teams. And like we said about the NL Central, with this division as well, whoever wins the division is going to be the one team to make the playoffs because as of right now, these te- none of these teams really stand out in the grand schemes when we're looking in like at the playoff picture. And I'm having a rough time really getting a picture on it. What, what are you really thinking about this, Alex? I think the best team in this division is the team in third place right now. Chicago White Sox are 38-41. and 41. They're six and a half games back from Minnesota right now. And I think they're honestly just the most complete team out of all these three. Uh, we really weren't expecting Cleveland to be doing good this year. They're kind of not really in a rebuild mode, but kind of in that in-between stage uh, of being good and mediocre. And the Chicago White Sox, I thought we're going to take that step this year with all the people they have on their team, like Tim Anderson, Jose Abreu, uh, Luis Robert. Uh, their pitching staff has been pretty good this year with Luis Giolito and Dylan Cease. But it's just been really underwhelming for them this year. And Minnesota Twins kind of came out of nowhere this year after being very, very bad last year. But I can say one thing about the Minnesota Twins, though, is that I'm just really excited to see Byron Buxton thriving. Uh, He's finally healthy, uh, and and we're finally being able to see what he can do for hopefully a whole season. I don't want to jinx anything yet, but he's been healthy this entire season so far, and he's putting up great numbers. Yeah, that's the main thing that sticks out to me when it comes to Minnesota. I'm just really glad to see Byron Buxton doing his thing and not on the IL because Buxton... And I've said it before, one of the most exciting players in the league, uh, one of the most talented players, and it's just really good to see him healthy doing his thing, and he looks like he's having a good time doing it. I can agree that I th- I thought that Minnesota really wasn't going to be much. I'm still not that high on them. Uh, Correa seems like he's you know, getting a groove. Not saying he's having a great season, but he's definitely picked up since the pretty bad start for them. When it comes to Cleveland, though, I haven't really been seeing too much for them. Would you say that J-Ram is like literally carrying the squad because he's having a hell of a season? And outside of him, I'm having a hard time thinking of some names that have stood out for them. Maybe Josh Naylor? 
Yeah, I mean, they just got a bunch of average guys, to be honest, that are just doing their job right now. I mean, Josh Naylor, he's doing his job. Uh, Franmo Reyes, I mean, all he does is hit bombs. They're just a really solid team. I mean, Shane Bieber's come back this year and looks like his normal self. Strikeouts are kind of down, but he's been effective this year. And I mean, like you said, I mean, there's not really too many big names on this team that are just standing out. Um, I wouldn't say J-Ram is caring, but I mean, J-Ram has put up some unbelievable numbers this year. And he's one of those guys who's probably in the MVP race in the AL. Yeah, no doubt. Honestly, I kind of forgot about Shane Bieber. It's good to see him back, too. And he always confused me because he had some crazy strikeout numbers before he went down. And he had good stuff, too. But when it came to the velo, he never he was never really like that. And it was nice to see a guy get strikeouts at a rate like him just with his stuff. It's good to have Shane Bieber back because as much as I'd like to see Gary Cole potentially be in the Cy Young race, Shane Bieber definitely one of the best pitchers in the league i'd rate him over garrett cole but yeah as for the al central i think even though it's not the best baseball teams in the league right now there's a pretty interesting race going on between three teams right now yeah this is going to be a fun division to pay attention to uh hopefully you get a little closer it's pretty it's the closest division race right now and the only division really that has three teams within reach it'll be close and it'll be cool to watch it the rest of the way We've got about another week of baseball until we approach the All-Star break. We're going to be giving our predictions on the All-Star starting lineups on our social medias. And for next week's episode, we're also going to be giving our midseason awards. I'm really looking forward to that because there's definitely going to be some hot takes. There's It's pretty close between certain players. It's been a slow couple weeks of boxing, and it looks like it's going to continue that way for a couple more weeks. Uh, This weekend, we have two fights that we're going to preview. The first one is the Ray Vargas versus Mark McSayo. This looks like it's going to be a pretty good one. Both fighters are undefeated. And uh, Christian, I'm just kind of curious. What do you think about this fight? Got a a nice little scrap right here. Mark McSayo looking to defend his WBC featherweight title for the second time. He just beat Gary Russell Jr. in a, honestly, a snooze fest. But Mark Maxayo, he he's a talented fighter. I'll definitely give him that. And when it comes to Ray Vargas, he's undefeated as well. He's 35-0, and 22 KOs. He's no joke. He's a former world champ himself, looking to get back to that status. But the way I see it, I think Mark Maxayo definitely coming off a fight that he could take a lot from i think he could come back improved and i'm just expecting a nice interesting fight this fight could honestly go under the radar and, and be a banger but we'll just have to wait and see i think i think we can expect some good from it though so how do you think that this fight is going to end then i'm going to be honest with you i might have to put a little more thought into it before i give an official official prediction but for right now i'm going to go mark mcsile by a decision I'm going to go with that for right now, but this very easily could go a different route. And stay tuned for my official opinion. I see that. Yeah, I think this fight's probably going to go to a decision, too. Uh, It's going to be a good one, though, and I'm actually looking forward to this. It's Both fighters are undefeated. Uh, Someone's about to get their first loss, um, unless there's a no contest, but hopefully that won't happen. When it comes to the second fight that we're previewing, this fight's going to be an entertaining scrap. I wouldn't expect high-level boxing by any means. 
You got Kubrat Pulev against Derek Chisora in a rematch. These guys have definitely been through it in the heavyweight division, both of them being stopped multiple times, both of them being stopped by AJ, too. And I'm expecting something fun. To be honest with you, I don't think that this fight is going to go the distance. These guys are just not those type of fighters, especially when you match them up with each other. But as far as uh, quality boxing, I wouldn't say to, you shouldn't expect too much, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, this is the big boys. This is the heavyweight division. And like you said, both of these guys have been through the heavyweight division and their record speaks for it himself. It'll be an entertaining fight, like Christian said. So I know you said that you don't think this is going to go the distance. So what round do you think it's going to end? Yeah, I I do think this is just going to go different from their first fight uh, due, to, due to the fact that it's been a few years since they've last fought. Both of these guys... Definitely a lot more worn out. If I were to have to say the round, I would probably say round five. I think one of them is going to be gassed out by then. And to be honest, I think it's going to be Derek Chisora. I think this guy is about two fights too deep into his career right now. He should have been retired a couple years ago. He's taken a crazy amount of damage. And honestly, I'm not really expecting him to come refreshed or anything like that. So I do think Derek Chisora is going to be stopped in the fifth round. Not even a shout to Pulev like that. I don't think he's going to do it in like a spectacular fashion, but I think it's going to be an ugly fight more more than I think about it. Yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. This is just one of those big boy fights. But yeah, we got some decent fights this weekend. Uh, We're hoping for some better fights coming up. Uh, There's been a bunch of news lately, so later this year we know we're going to have some epic fights, but for this weekend we're just going to have to settle for these. That does it for another episode of All Takes No Whiffs. Another banger of an episode. We've got a lot to look forward to in baseball and boxing. We can just hope. Yeah, we're almost at the All-Star break, and it has been a little slow for boxing, but it's going to pick up here soon, shortly. But if y'all want, you can follow us at ATNW Podcast. You can also follow my personal at ahendy2215. And you could find my personal at OnlySports52. That does it for another great week, and I'm looking forward to the next one. Peace. Peace.